Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Okay, podcast starts now. What's up, everyone around the world? We are so grateful to be in your ears today <laughs> as the Motivational Podcast Radio Lab. George, how the hell are you? What's up, everybody? This is George here, <laughs> joining my friend Sam. Sam, you know, I feel really well today. You know, I'm doing so amazing because I'm remembering that today is the start of the rest of my life. Yes, queen. And I was actually, and I'm really happy you brought it up because that was going to be my first point too. (laughs) And the sun is shining and Trump is out of office. So we got that Cheeto out of the White House. Got him out of office and there's nothing stopping us from living our dreams. Every day I wake up and I say, how can I give 110% of who I am to be my authentic self and therefore flourish in this beautiful world that we live in just fyi um for new listeners this is a joke we're not like this we're actually really cool we're sort Mm -hmm. of alternative we we have a a tasteful amount of cynicism and a tasteful amount of optimism it's kind of the perfect balance so like what we were doing is sort of like making fun of people that don't have that balance right and that way we are centrists (laughs) yeah in the sense that we kind of you know we believe in a little bit of everything and stand for nothing Yeah. And in the sense that we stand Joe Biden till the day we (laughs) fucking die. Yeah. In the more literal sense that we love centrist (laughs) politicians, like that's kind of in the figurative sense, it means we have like a balance in our personalities and lives in the literal sense. It does mean we are centrist politically. (laughs) Wait, I wanted to ask the speaking. We actually got to something. Okay. And I not to be like Twitter roundup again, but um, There was a gay guy on Twitter who's running for office. I knew you were going to do this. This has to be talked about. Okay, fine. He posted like these TikToks that are like so cringy. And he's like, yeah, if you're giving your vote away to Bernie, you are throwing it away. Sips tea. Like, and uh, you posted on someone posting it that you went to college with this man. Yes. Um, This is his name is Alex Walker. He's running for office in Colorado to unseat Lauren Boebert, uh, who I will be supporting in that election. (laughs) And you know what? She, you know, we don't we don't agree on everything, but I am going to have to throw my hat in the ring for her. And I'm going to have to, in fact, 
change my voter registration, move to Colorado, and yes, vote for Lauren Boebert. <laughs> well, how like how well did you know him in college? No, I'm 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 of course joking. I'm not voting for Lauren Boebert because we had a big falling out last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, how well did I know him? I knew him like pretty well. I mean. Yeah, I knew him pretty well. Like, I don't. That's why I'm hesitating to, to talk about him because I, I feel like regardless of what my politics are, it is kind of a bitchy move <laughs> to talk about someone sure. that I didn't know socially. And I mean, we were not like best friends, but we were certainly like in you know semi overlapping circles. And like, I had we have mutual friends. And I think like at one point he like had emailed me about something after college. Um, wow, I need to put my coffee away because suddenly my heart is like racing. <laughs> Did you guys like hook up or we did not hook up? No, <laughs> you have to ask these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in this town, you just have to ask. Also, like, okay, wait, were you like surprised to see these videos or were you like, yep, that's him? Um, well, the thing with people I went to college with is that they, how do I put this? Like, the ones that court fame are always like make me deeply humiliated to mm. have gone to this institution because unlike i think you know obviously a lot of these similar colleges make their alumni embarrassed in similar ways okay like there are you know let's say you went to one of the ivies or something like surely you know people that are like republicans or you know people that are uh you know ceos of bad companies or whatever but i there is something about silicon valley specifically that churns out a very specific brand of embarrassing person. And so I went to college with like the founder of Snapchat, who then like when we had graduated was like dating Taylor Swift and was like making out with her at their like um, Venice Beach offices that where everyone Whoa. was like wearing flip flops and that was like covered. And like I used to work at this startup as like an intern when I was in college. And the guy was like famously like, so like uh, one of the main people Valley Wag used to make fun of like the Gawker tech blog. And he once took a photo of himself holding like a pile of cash to like brag about getting a big round of funding. And then they like oh, published no. it on Gawker. Like, <laughs> um, and, and in fact, I remember the week that Alex announced his campaign, there was also a profile of this other girl I went to college with who I didn't know, who is now a TikTok influencer named Tinks. Are you familiar? I'm not familiar. Rachel, yeah. you know this person? No. Sorry. <laughs> I just hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess her name is Tinks, spelled T-I-N-X. And I read this profile and like, <laughs> it really was, you know, kind of imagine me reading it while um, that song from Donnie Darko played in the background. That's like, <laughs> all around me are familiar faces. Oh, God. It, it was like, it's really dark. I mean, this is someone who is maybe clinically brain dead. Huh. So, well. yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty numb to it, to be honest. And also, quite frankly, I just want to put it out there that for many people, I am that embarrassing person that they see me post on Instagram things that sound very stupid and make no sense. And they're like, wow, he could have made something for himself, but instead <laughs> he decided to perform in um, stand-up comedy venues. No, they think you're so uh, tasteful. They wish they could be as measured about their approach as you could be. <laughs> Okay, and then like uh, I know we hate when we like catch up or whatever, but I think it's important because you were just on a trip. We had right. I had a guest host. You were missing. How guest was your? Who I thought did such a great job, by the way. Oh, I would. You know, I'd I say we're now really two for two in terms of guest hosts. I think those, they're two of our strongest episodes. <laughs> Let's, yeah, it's like maybe I don't want to read into that too much. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't host this together potentially. <laughs> um, how was your trip? Um, the trip was good, and as I, you know. I was in France for anyone who <laughs> doesn't know. And I was there for like over a week. And first of all, as I was telling you before, we, Matthew and I made the decision that both of us would delete all social media from our phones for the entirety of our trip. And in fact, even since I've gotten back, I have not posted any photos from the trip. I have not publicly acknowledged that I took a break. And let me tell you something, you know, people have said this before. I'm not the first, but literally the way I went from feeling bad to feeling good and then to feeling bad again when I redownloaded them cannot be overstated. Ugh. 
But what night, do you do? night and day? But I literally felt like I was meditating. I, I felt like what I imagine I would feel if I meditated for three hours a day. And that was just my constant mood. Yeah. What are you going to do? Go live in the damn woods of France and not have social media. And <laughs> I kind and of what? Like, live I, off I, the <laughs> land. I don't know what. <laughs> when, Good when luck. I got... <laughs> When I went back, I started, I kind of caught myself doing this thing. And it's something you don't think about when you're doing it in the moment because you're so used to it. But then because it was new again, I was kind of interrogating it, which is like basically the process of seeing something you don't like and then being like, not even consciously, subconsciously being like, let's investigate. So then you like click on the profile of the person who posted a thing you don't like. Then you scroll through their content. Then through that, you find someone else. And it's like every single thing you're clicking, you are clicking because you don't like it. Because you want to feel more negative at a feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you're not even, yeah, you're not even realizing it. Like it is the opposite of what one's natural instincts would be, which is to chase things you do like so that you can discover more things you do like. Thoughts? I mean, I know what you mean. I just don't know what the balance is. It's hard. Because you were also saying that like you missed some messages that you wish you hadn't. You that you feel like you need to... But that's an arc. That's, a, that's kind of a, a problem with like the architecture of these apps. Like, yeah, I missed... I was saying that I literally missed like a message from my young cousin who's in college who wanted to like interview me for a project on like LGBTQ people's experiences. And I just didn't respond for a week because I did not see it, which is like so sad <laughs> and like literally just left my poor cousin on read or like I, another friend of mine was like needed help, like planning a party and like wanted me to help with the guest list. And I, but, but again, it's like these platforms are built in this way that in order for me to like not miss those two messages and not miss a message from my cousin, I also have to poison my brain for 24 hours a day. <laughs> sure, like there should, they should just like, if everyone just emailed me <laughs> when they needed something, then that wouldn't be an issue. I don't disagree. I, it makes sense. It's just like, how are they going to get your email? You know? Right. Like they'd literally have to DM you and be like, what's your email? No, what happened is if everyone was on the same page regarding the number one goal, which is for me, George, to have a good and healthy life, then what could what, what I could do is have like an away message on Instagram that said like, hey, I'm not here right now. Please email me at my email. But that's but never going to happen because Insta that's not in Instagram's best interest. And that's how it goes back to, in fact, what I was saying about Silicon Valley, which is that all these people that we make fun of are the ones making the rules for our world. But what if your email leaks and because you're so successful from our podcast fame, everyone's flooding your inbox and you're missing all these important messages? Well, didn't think about that, did you, a genius? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, okay, where's that Ivy League education you, now? I, 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 I'm actually constantly shocked at how how reactive you are to the prospect of not using social media. Like I, I, I sometimes I will bring it up to you thinking you're going to be like, yeah, I know I should do that. And you're like, yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I think it's fighting a, it's like a bigger battle than I'm capable of. Yeah. And I think it's a bigger battle than most people. Like, I'm like, that's like, that's like trying to stop global warming as one person. It's like, <laughs> this is something on a government level we need to figure out. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I agree. But the issue is that all these, tech companies literally have lobbyists that are like more powerful than like the military lobby. So we're not going to fight it on a government level because guess who's in the pocket of big tech? Every major politician. Well, let's start a damn GoFundMe for our own lobbyists to oh, make using social literally media GoFundMe, which is a tech company. Yeah. Good it's luck a website. Website trying to tear down companies. the master's house with the master's tools, bitch. George, websites aren't tech companies. Quote me on that. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> No, they're literally not. Um, let's bring in our guest, yeah, right? Yeah, I think we're so. We're actually you know kind of going off. I, I'm going to let you do the honors because I have gotten too riled up. Okay, well, um, because George is too mad, um, I will introduce our incredible guest. Put your little lab rat paws together for the one, the only, Rachel Kelly. Hey! What up? So happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Did that rousing intro stir any emotions inside of you? Yeah, I feel like I completely agree with everything both of you said, even though there were some disagreements <laughs> from both sides, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty pissed, I guess. So sure. at us, <laughs> at you, at big tech, yeah. at big pharma. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's just fucking up, I think. Yeah, I kind of think if you have the word big in front of your industry name, like time to break that up. Yeah. It's, it's not right. It's, it's so crazy that there is no industry that isn't big. Small um, businesses? Yeah. It's an industry? Uh, yeah. Little League? <laughs> that's an Little industry. League. That's right. <laughs> um, tiny homes? Tiny. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> See, these are all these are all healthy. Yeah, businesses. Small Soldiers, the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is really the case that the answer, literally the answer to all our problems, is go smaller. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm and I'm small, Mm -hmm. by the way, five feet. Right. So I'm not doing anything wrong. That's kind of anti-capitalist if you think about it. I mean, hundred percent. I can't reach anything at the stores. I can't buy anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're like it's perfect. You're literally like not participating in the economy to your fullest yeah. potential because I'm you can't reach the shelves. I'm on an island. <laughs> yeah. You're off the grid. Yeah. I think you guys missed something though. When like if we're like breaking up all the big companies, it's like, well, then how are we supposed to get super rich? Well. Wow. Because, like, you guys forgot about that. Well, I'm sorry, but how are we supposed to get super rich with all of the big industries? Well, the goal is to get, like, bought by Big Pharma. I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> My hope is that there's another, um, like, California gold rush. You know, just, like, going back to nature almost for um, money. What do you guys think? Well, I feel like, like, it's like they find money in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Like find gold, strike gold physically and oh, then kind of okay. cash in. I get that. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's funny. The California gold rush is kind of on par with it's like the tradition of California is like people getting rich quick and then and then it's like boom and bust, boom and bust. Like that's oh. what happened with the gold rush. That's what happened with the first dot com boom. That's what's going to happen now with Bitcoin. Like they. <gasps> Those people, the Cal- and and I say this with love for California. I lived there for six years. They really have a difficult time with perspective. <laughs> I I see that. I was in LA recently, and I fell absolutely in love with it. But I think it made me manic. Yeah. Well, by design. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ex- very extreme. Yeah, I've never not had a time in California where I both in the span of one week feel like I'm going to be the most successful person alive and feel like the biggest failure I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah. Well, it's because they lack, you know, uh, they don't read books, (laughs) but there's that famous, uh, indie cafe that's a bookstore there. That's right. Or whatever. So (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. But I do want to kind of go back to what you're saying. I do agree with you that in fact, if money was just in the ground, if all the money was redistributed underground and everyone just kind of went out looking for it every day, that would have an equalizing effect. I mean, not to be a bitch, but it's literally Easter Sunday and you're like literally describing like Easter. Like you're describing like we- I don't think that's what Easter is. (laughs) (laughs) You're literally describing like an Easter egg hunt, but for all of society. Well- Like if we just hide money places- Honestly, because I don't think we're not going to unless we unless we're like digging for oil or something like what's the next resource that we're all going to like think is a huge sleigh and need to get. So I think the government needs to take money. Followers. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Followers are the are the only resource we have left. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we're going to have to they're going to put followers in little eggs. Let's just say and they're going to put them all over the country. And on one morning, they're going to say. They're going to blow a whistle and say, hey, go out there and get them followers. And everyone's going to run. Even in this fantasy of yours, it's like top down, the government. Like You, you want Nancy <laughs> Pelosi to put the eggs on the ground. <laughs> you can't imagine a non a, a decentralized form of um, governance. <laughs> I, I didn't say it has to be Nancy. I just said, like, it could be a local government even. Like, it could be, like, state by state, but... I mean, who knows how damn Alabama will do with that. I don't necessarily like some, the way they don't allow people to vote. It's like, they're not going to be able to get these programs where they mm. put the Easter eggs out. Like, yeah. Well, I <laughs> think that you're kind of touching on the issue with all of this is like, in order for any kind of Easter egg hunt based policy making <laughs> to work, you would have to first like get rid of the current social structures because like, even if what you're saying happens, then like the people with the most money are the ones that are going to like, 
build giant machines to mine the Easter eggs and then get more than the average Joe. We can't escape. You're completely right. That's actually a bummer. The fact that we've followed this to a real conclusion where I'm like, oh no, even this fictional fake Easter egg based economy doesn't work. You know what? This is kind of the plot of Dune. The movie totally, I saw 100%. once. hundred percent. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, Digging yeah, for spice. And, and, and for that? Hey, spice. Drill. Yeah. Drill. Yeah. Drill, baby, drill. That's from Dune. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to ask Rachel, like, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I think it ties into the fact that, like, even when we're trying to create a new world, it is immediately a non-starter because of the systems within which we created. Like, where do you stand on nihilism in general? Oh my God. And what is that exactly? It's just like believing that kind of like nothing means anything and that it's all hopeless. Totally. I think that I, um, that was instilled in me extremely young and every day I dissociate so that I maybe don't have to think about it, but I think I'm just, I've been primed to, Mm-hmm. feel that way so i hope that helps <laughs> <laughs> yeah no Pretty brutal. I, yeah yeah I, I i have to say like i am kind of getting there which is really sad yeah sometimes well sometimes i get chills at things where i'm like this feels like i'm just like a 40 year old liberal yes. you know like maybe i do have some hope mm-hmm. like i saw this is humiliating I was at the MoMA recently and they just had this one room of like Ukrainian artists, like because of the war. Mm-hmm. And I got chills. And I of was course. like, what? No, that's, to- like, that's totally valid. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I was like, this feels like I just voted for Biden or something. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know? I, but I, I kind of agree with like the things. It's basically like an all encompassing nihilism. And then the things that penetrate through that and prevent me from making any rash decisions. <laughs> are like pointed displays of like human emotion like Mm -hmm. to see two people in love or to see like a little kid discovering like something that they can do or to see like an incredibly impressive like painting at a museum Mm. like then you're like okay well i'll have to see another day (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 Sometimes I can feel like the nothing matters is like helpful. Like uh, sometimes I'm like, so might as well like have fun. Like might as well like, do what I want to do. Yeah. Mm. Cause it's like, if I like care so much about everything, then it's like, well, then I won't do this. Cause <laughs> I should do something more valuable. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, certainly if I thought things potentially, you know, if we thought we could make a real difference in the world, maybe we wouldn't be hosting a podcast about straight culture. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's start there. Um, speaking of, should we do our first segment? Yeah, I think that would actually make a huge difference. <laughs> is that like a cool transition to sort of talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. <laughs> how everything is pointless? And then be like, but we do have to stick to the structure we yeah, set yeah. up two years totally, ago. Totally, totally, totally. Okay. Um, Rachel, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions where you have to choose one thing or another thing with really no other rules. And the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions or anything about how it works. Amazing. Sam, take it away. Okay. Rachel, Jane Campion or Joan Didion? Joan Didion. (laughs) Rachel, being a liberated woman or being the Batman? Being Batman. <laughs> okay, Rachel. Being a hopeless romantic or being bisexual but hetero romantic? Hopeless romantic. Okay, Rachel. Oedipus killing his father or Oedipus marrying his mother? Marrying mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, filing an insurance claim or standing Grimes kill V Mame? Filing insurance claim. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, um, Christ is risen or no, he isn't? No, he isn't. <laughs> okay, um, death cab for cutie or death to smoochie? Mm. Death to smoochie. Bill Maher's podcast being called Club Random or Bill Maher's new special being called Hashtag Adulting? Gotta be hashtag adulting. Gotta be. Gotta be. That is such a sleigh and a half. That is, is so funny to me. 
I'm so proud of him. I <laughs> love him. <laughs> it's it's so dark. It's Nothing like, has brought me more joy than knowing his podcast is called Club Random and his new special is called Hashtag Adulting. I have now okay. expressed this on in three different forms. Wait, his <laughs> podcast is genuinely called Club Random? Yes, and his special is genuinely called Hashtag Adulting. I did not make either of those things up. Club Random. Club Random. Why wow. would it be called that? That is crazy. It is so Club Random. <laughs> That does feel like he has like a queer person on his marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> like club random is like, that's like funny. Kinda. It, honestly, if it were like, if like Rachel, if you had a podcast called club random, I would be laughing. Yes. And I would say this is stupid on purpose. And I mm -hmm. also, can I just say, Rachel, if you had a special called hashtag adulting, I would be dying. <laughs> I would be laughing so hard. <laughs> oh my God. It, he yeah. was on, he was on um, Jimmy Kimmel to promote it, and they, I was like, okay, I bet you hashtag adulting. Like, there's some meta element or something I'm not getting. And then Kimmel was like, so your special is called adulting, and Bill Maher's like, yeah, do you know about this? Like, I just found out about this. Literally, like kids these days, when they do something like go to the store or like make dinner, they say it's adulting. Like when I was young, that was just called like literally living your life and then kim was like adulting like <laughs> they're literally no. literally i i swear to god having this conversation in earnest wow i, I bet that's the whole special yeah well just... actually they did play a clip from the special and the joke they played was that marjorie taylor green mm -hmm. is uh one of the real housewives of like karen heights or something like i swear to god that was oh the my, my god, god. <laughs> I can't. I have to watch. <laughs> I know. I'm going to watch, definitely. Is it out? Uh, yeah, I think so. Great. Have you not been rating the reviews? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, God. I hope he wins a Grammy. Same. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> after who won this year, you know, anything's possible. Sure. Sure. <laughs> It'd be an improvement, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Talk about something that happened while I was off. So I came back and I <gasps> and I, like, happened to kind of, like, I, I literally read about that in something different in the New York Times. Like to to be to read about that a week later in the New York Times, pure bliss. I can't imagine were people like going wild on Twitter. People were going fucking wild. Didn't Losing see a single it. tweet about it. Wow, that's there pretty was, amazing. Yeah, there was a lot of really. Um, uh, I don't even know what adjective to use because so many are coming to mind. Just insane discourse, particularly from Judd Apatow. I don't know if you saw that, Sam. I didn't. He's been like on a weird one in general. Yeah, he is losing it. Because he had the slap tweet that was like, yeah. like right. he could have died. Yes. <laughs> and it was like, what are you talking about? He tweeted, it, he could have, Chris Rock could have died and then deleted it within a couple hours and then never addressed it. No sure. problem. Did he tweet about Louis winning? I don't think so. I don't think he did. But we really, general, I, I would love, yeah. I would actually love to know his take. If he wants to call in, <laughs> we're avail. <laughs> that, talk about nihilism. That happening, I was just sort of like, oh, wow. Yeah, nothing, nothing has ever mattered. Like, mm. truly, it's all fake. Yeah, it's crazy that, you know, the rest of the Grammys are so dignified. <laughs> and they made that one mistake. <laughs> No, it's the stupidest award. No one it really is the count. stupidest award. I still it's, want one. Oh, you do? 100%. I want an EGOT. No, like, we got to defund believing, the Grammys. No, if, <laughs> I think if we're if I'm full in on nihilism, it means I want to EGOT and yes. I want to travel the world. 100%. <laughs> Here's what I'll say you know? about the Grammys. I would say the value of a Grammy is to fill out an EGOT. Like that is yes. the point of, cause on its own, it means nothing. Like an Oscar does still mean something in my mind. Maybe I'm, mm -hmm. you know, obviously like it's because of my own taste, whatever. An Oscar still means something to me. A Tony still means something. Like, I think like that is a big honor. A Grammy means nothing, but you need one that you got. And that's, what's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam, you're shaking your head. I'm just <laughs> I'm like, can it just be like an Eto? And it's a, no. you know, come on. I'm going to go ahead and say no to that. <laughs> An Ote. I think all these could be incredible. A toe? Uh, 
A toe. It's right toe. there, for Christ's sake. Someone's Jesus playing the damn Christ. word game. Pedo. Spelling B. People's Choice Award. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of want to get into the topic because we already mentioned Dune, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm eager, really, to to hear some to hear some takes from our esteemed guest. Rachel, would you like to introduce the topic, uh, what it is, and why you brought it to us, and potentially why you think it's straight? Please, yes. <laughs> it would be an honor. Today's topic is none other than Timothée Chalamet. Um, I brought it in because I'm absolutely obsessed with him. It's my he's my north star, my mm-hmm. guiding light. You can't see very well, but my room is adorned with him. <laughs> uh, I wish this were visual. I wish this was a visual album. I could show you everything, but you know he is. For whatever it's worth, straight. He only dates kind of like extremely thin models. And he's kind of a fuck boy a little bit. I think he just kind of embodies like straight culture that is kind of queer baiting or like queer adjacent in a way that is just not fair mm-hmm. at this point. And yeah, I guess that's where we can start. Yeah. I guess I'll start. Him just defining the terms his name actually is pronounced timote timote if you're in france george i'm sure you heard yeah in france everyone was always saying um <laughs> timote so he's it's like huge, wrong to he's say huge timothy. there they're really they're really psyched to see one of their own uh <laughs> drive get that kind of success yeah I think, I mean, he, you know, he is a generous soul and sort of lets people call them whatever they want. Well, you know, he he goes by Timmy, like in his daily life. Yes. And that's technically what I call him, by the way. I'm just sort of, (laughs) I'm uh, appealing to the masses. I want everyone to know how to say his name, but that's right. Yeah. Uh, So he's a, he's sort of a a classic queer baiter. And I guess like, it, it does throw me off that he is fully straight. Like part mm-hmm. of me is like, well, no, he's not fully. He's not right. fully. No, but he's, he's straight. But he's fully straight. He's, he's fully could not straight. be more straight. To me, you know, Rachel, you mentioned the concept of fairness. And I do think that's like, there is a sense of injustice, I feel, with someone like Timothée. Yes. Because here's what it is. There is certain people. How do I put this? Like, of course, in American culture, the ideal is some version of like the Abercrombie model, like, uh, you know, kind of like white muscular guy named Chase or something. Mm-hmm. But then there are people like Timote, and it's like in their, refu- like Timothy can be like skinny and gay looking, but be even more desirable than the Chad in his grade. Yes. And that kind of innate quality is a root of so much injustice in the rest of the country. <laughs> it's like when the class clown somehow is more popular than the other boys, or like when the like weirdo somehow, you know, is able to, like it, it, it is actually more toxic than toxic masculinity itself. I completely agree. I completely, well, here's what's interesting, just sort of piggybacking off that. So I, knew him peripherally in high school because he went to whoa way to bury the lead (laughs) i know i mean i have i could talk about i'm gonna write a book about this this is i'm obsessed but i went to or i so i saw a lot of his school plays Mm -hmm. and i didn't know that i was gay etc and i would see him and ansel elgort they were often in the same plays like competing leads and i was like obsessed with ansel elgort who was this kind of like more Abercrombie yeah. muscular thing. And, but everyone was like, no, it's Timmy, it's Timmy, it's Timmy. And then it was Timmy. And I think that just sort of illustrates your point. Yes. Well, because he has, I'm sorry, he has an it factor. Ugh, I know. <sighs> Believe me, I know. I want to get <laughs> surgery to, to look like him. And you should. Just, I want to know more about this obsession. What, mm-hmm. like, where does it stem from? Is it like attraction? Is it like anger? Is it like, which, which is it? I think it runs the gamut of every possible emotion and desire. <laughs> I would say I hated him. I was like, when Call Me By Your Name came out, I was like, this is offensive. Mm-hmm. Like, these are two straight men playing 
gay men and they're rich and they don't have any worries and uh, oh my god this is heinous and then during the pandemic i watched it and i was completely taken by him (laughs) i thought you know the way he's kissing army hammer that's how my first like lesbian kiss was yeah it was like you know you can like feel he's a good actor He's good at what he does. He is a good actor. He's a good actor. And you know what? I'll say something else. He has range. Yes. (laughs) Like his, him in, you know, Lady Bird is so different than him in Call Me By Your Name. I mean, I know. I've seen every single thing he's ever done (laughs) many times. I actually, for my birthday a couple years ago, my friend bought me like Call Me By Your Name, but with commentary. So now when I show my people who haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, I show them like the regular movie and I give the commentary. I'm like, you know, like this part was improvised. (laughs) I'm like addicted. I don't get it. I do get it. I want to be him. Right. I want to peg him. I don't want to be penetrated by him. I want to peg him Mm -hmm. and I want to be his friend. And yeah. I want him to think that he needs me. <laughs> Any he, questions? He, yeah, no, <laughs> literally no, not. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to be like, okay, where do I go from here? I know. What do you think about him, Sam? Because he does not. He's someone who I feel like would not register as attractive to you. No, but he's like that type where he is just like inherently beautiful. Where it's like, I don't want to have sex with him at all, but I like do want to see him. I want to see him on screens, and I want to see him in fun outfits and he's a little doll and I want to see him dressed up. Yeah. There's something (laughs) about how he makes you feel um, weak. He also does make me feel ugly. Like Mm, I see, I look at him and I feel ugly and I'm like, this is not, I'm not jealous of you, Timothy. And yet now uh, suddenly I'm seeing you with your suit jacket and no shirt. And I say, I don't look like that. That's not fair. Well, let me say this. He is dangerously sort of putting his toes into looking like a lesbian. And this mm-hmm. is where I am getting pissed at him. Mm. The suit jacket with no shirt. That's like, I see a lesbian, <clears throat> excuse me, getting emotional, wearing, <laughs> <clears throat> wearing that, you know, I don't know. I'm just like, stop dressing like a lesbian. Like, that's not fair. You look the way that like I want to look, but I can't look that way without getting like, you know, body changing surgery, in my opinion. It's just not right. <laughs> you, um, it's uh, interesting that you say he's les that he's dressing like a lesbian. I, Cause for so long it was that he was dressing that he was queer baiting as a, you know, dressing like a gay man. I mean, I remember very distinctly him wearing a harness on a red carpet, for instance, that was very like yes. gay, gay, leather culture yes yes i think he's transitioning into a a a a soft dyke yeah he's essentially appropriating every letter of the lgbtq acronym easy done i mean george how do you feel about him i kind i i i do think he of all those boys that people react to, he is the only one that does make me feel anything. Like I see Harry Styles and I don't, I'm like, the music is so boring. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no offense to, to all yeah. the, to all the Harry Styles heads out there, but I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> totally, you know, get, get one of those Swedish writers that um, Rihanna works with and let's do something. But let's like, I'm fun. not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna like listen to your like weird, like, Bob Dylan influenced rock jams. You know, this yeah. it's 2022 and you're and you're gonna have to do better than that. <laughs> but Timothy, I think it is it is just he is a um godlike figure in a way because somehow everything came together and it's like, well, he has all the privilege, you know, he, he has the privilege, he has the looks, he has the exact look that makes sense for this particular time period. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he also has the industry cachet to be in every like important movie too. So yeah, he basically, I mean, he's his flops 
never register. Like he's had some things here and there that didn't work, but they never register. What registers is like he has been in so many of the biggest movies of every year. Yes. And I'm sorry, but like then he's also charming, I think, when he talks. Yes. Honestly, the the broiness of like the douchiness of like how he talks is like so endearing because it's like, oh, you're like, you're just a guy and yeah. it's like oh no you he really does have his cake and eat it too he gets to be like art darling hyper twink and then yeah. you it like also gets to be like getting a beer with the guys he like, this is I, so unfair i think he's infallible i heard someone told me this story who works at snl <clears throat> that when he was hosting he was like in the hallways talking to someone and got really excited and like kind of started like running around, jumping around, and he backflipped into a trash can. <laughs> but it was, he, sorry, he fell. It was like a backflip fall into a trash can. And everyone was just completely charmed. And yeah. I'm like, if anyone else did that, it would end their career. Like to fall into a trash can at 30 Rock when you're like excited about a sketch is humiliating. <laughs> But he was just like, ha, ha, ha. And everyone was like, ha, ha, ha. And then it's like, that's it. And I just think he can't really do anything wrong. But that's, but I think that's where the unfairness and the injustice comes in. It's like, yes. imagine, you know, it's like, imagine this kind of, this figure for whom none of the rules apply, who can do whatever he wants, and it only makes him more endearing and more attractive. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what are you imagining? And it's like, oh, it's this twink. <laughs> do you think he's a CIA plant? No, I think the talent's too, like the, mm. the on-screen magnetism is too pure for it to mm. be a plant. That's yeah. the thing with CIA plants is that in fact, they're never, you can always tell. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. maybe Rexa, maybe. Yeah, or like that, <laughs> that artist, her, H-E-R. Sure. Oh, sure. Like, I'm not the first to say it. It's like a running That's joke, the she's rumor. a CIA plant, fine. Yeah. But like, you can tell she's a CIA plant. Timothy, totally. you can't you can't manufacture that kind of charisma. No, and he also one thing that so I I had the absolute privilege of meeting him last year. <laughs> Please take us to this moment. Allow me. I was sitting at none other than a French cafe in the West Village. Whoa. And he I was sitting at a table and the person I was with at one point, her jaw dropped. And I thought there was a bug on me because I was like, <laughs> There must be something horribly wrong. And she was like, Rachel, you're not going to believe this, but Timothy Shalom is behind you. And I turned around. He was there. I immediately um, had to shit. So I went to the bathroom (laughs) and I started writing him a note that I was going to just put on his table. That's like, you changed my life. Like, I'm obsessed (laughs) with you. Please let me work with you. We're actually repped at the same agency. Like we can do it all in a house, whatever. And then I was like, I can't write a note. So I went back upstairs and I was like, I have to talk to him, but I want it to be chill. So I got up and I walked by him and I pretended to do a double take. It was planned. And I said, (laughs) I said, no way it's Timmy. That's what I said. That was my big sort of like uh, Uh thing that I said to him. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. And we talked a little bit. I was like, I saw you in your high school talent show. You know, I was trying not to be like, you're a movie star. Sure, sure, sure. Right, right, right. Well, you you were like, remember, remember Rachel from high school. Yeah, (laughs) basically. He also, one thing that happened was like a, like a, I guess it was like 2017. My mom was on an Amtrak train with him and he didn't, and they were going into Canada and he didn't have his passport. So my mom was like helping him at the border and he remembered her. I was like, my mom helped you at the border. Like I was really like trying to do everything to like establish some sort of like personal connection. Mm -hmm. And he remembered my mom. I was so excited. And why did I start talking about this? So what was he like? Like (laughs) you, it was a good experience. It was, it was, he was very nice. He was very chill. We took a photo together. He told me he liked my sweater and you know, that was kind of it. But we, we took these pictures together Mm -hmm. and I posted them on Instagram and his fan base like swarmed and they were the nicest people (laughs) in the world. I got all these DMs being like, I'm so, well, first of all, a lot of DMs being like, where was he? 
Like, how did you find him? But everyone's apologizing for reaching out. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, tell me where he was, bitch. It was like, I'm so sorry to interrupt your day, but you know, I'm just curious, like, where was this in the city, whatever. And then other people were like, you look like him. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> and some people sent me fan art, which means I gave them my address, by the way. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know, not right. Wait, did they give you fan art that was like them drawing that photo of you and Timmy? Yes. Is it worth <laughs> is it worth me showing it to you right now? Absolutely not. I'll show you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Can sure. we put it on our Instagram? Yeah, please. I'll oh, send you. Uh, yeah, and, and we'll tag the creators too, because we don't want anyone getting <laughs> mad at us, no matter how nice they are. <laughs> I when you were talking about like maybe we should work together, were you able to like slip that into this conversation? No, no. I messaged yeah. him after. What did he, message, did, he, did he respond on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, of course not. I yeah, think I've since deleted it because I feel in my heart that one day we will work together. And I, I don't, so. I don't want him to think I'm like crazy, but I think it's maybe too late. Like if he did a, any sort of investigation into me, it would be very clear that he is my lifeblood. Well, from now on, I mean, I'm sorry to tell you this, but if he ever Googled Rachel Colley and Timothy Chalamet, this very episode would come up. <laughs> that is so true. I hadn't thought about that. And <laughs> I'm feeling shame. No, no, I think it's fine because like what we do with these episodes is we put that sort of half hour of nonsense talk at the beginning. So mm -hmm. like Timothy, he's mm. literally so busy. It's a defense mechanism. So like he won't get through that. He'll be like, right. Oh, I guess it's just titled that, but it's not about me. So yeah. never mind. Awesome. Um, yeah. And he'll be like, she's really cool. I guess <laughs> I, I want to get into like the straightness of Timothy as mm -hmm. a, as a figure, because to me, the, you know, obviously we're all praising him, but of course what runs through that praise is, like he is someone who there are people like him who basically are necessary to maintain the status quo <laughs> mm -hmm. because like the rest of the, the rest of the men that are not as, not as perfected as Timmy, people are like, Oh, they suck. We should tear down. <laughs> we should tear down heterosexuality and masculinity. And then he comes along and then, and it happens every generation. And then we're like, well, let's give it another chance. Yeah. Uh -huh. And in that <sighs> sense, he is evil. <laughs> totally. Well, and what I want to say is literally like, like what we were talking about earlier is like, this is someone going to vote for Joe Biden. This is like the lamest statement you will ever hear me say, but I have to. It's like, if he were like, I am gay and everything else about him is the same, would it work? No, mm. no, he would be Troy Savant. <laughs> it wouldn't work. Mm. That's yeah, it wouldn't work. What if he was bi? I think that could work. Uh, I mean, but I think you would have to be married to a woman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> but, Completely. But that like makes us confront our own prejudices. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> with everything we think we're so pro LGBT and all we want is Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he like he touches, like you said, every aspect of the LGBTQ sort of spectrum without actually being yeah. a member. And it makes and that's enough. It, it's that's exactly it. And then you're like, wait, <laughs> do we need people that are actually LGBTQ, or is Timothy <laughs> enough? Right. So in some ways, his very presence is kind of is is kind of erasure <laughs> of an entire community. Completely. I think I feel more comfortable. I went to Ginger's last night, which is a lesbian bar. Mm -hmm. First of all, let me say Chelsea Manning was there. Whoa. Whoa. With crimes. Yeah, uh, not with crimes. No, but she was there and that was funny to me. That's great. That's um, juicy. That's pretty juicy. But I felt immense shame and discomfort despite being a member <clears throat> of the space and I was supposed to be there. And it's just like I would feel better being at a basketball game with sitting next to Timmy and Kid Cudi. Like that is better to me. And I think that is kind of just a, a testament to my internalized um, homophobia, stuff like that. And just, <laughs> I, I think Timmy's enough. Yeah. It's not mm. right. 
Yeah. For as far as we get, we're always wanting validation from straight people still. Yes. And because that feels like the most pure kind. Do you guys have Timmy's? Am I allowed to ask a question, by the way? You're, yeah, you're allowed to ask questions. Do we have Timmy's? Do we yeah, have like, people we're you, obsessed with? Or like someone who, you know, I am to Timothy. Do you guys have someone like that? Hmm. That is straight, of course. Oh, and a straight man. I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. I no, think that's, that's good... the... Oh, God. No, mine are all... <laughs> I'd I'm say. like David Lynch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like like Steve Martin. I don't know. I obsess over women mostly, but like that's cool. I think that's what it is with Timmy. It's like uh, you kind of think only a woman can be that powerful, and then he comes along. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I am trying to think like who are other people. I mean, I do think, for instance, like. Brad Pitt has that power. I was gonna say that, like Brad Pitt, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. A long See, time I don't ago? think Leonardo DiCaprio has it. Not really? even like when he was young. I yeah, maybe when he was young, but I but there was always something so contrived about it to me, and especially mm. now, I just I've he lost his magic to me like years ago. Totally. Whereas I don't like that Pitt, though. I find like it humbling. It? Yeah, I like that he's lost a bit of his magic. I think it's like <laughs> charming. <laughs> it's like uh, like to watch someone continue to push through it uh, despite. Oh yeah, he's so brave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not brave, but like it's it's human. It's relatable. Uh, Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yes. I think this is a uh, maybe a difference in the LGBT uh, spectrum is mm-hmm. that I feel like gay men, it's hard to like obsess over men, like straight men. George, how do yeah. you feel about that? Like actors. Do you think it's hard to obsess over straight men? Like as a I think we're man? struggling. I think we're struggling so hard to like come up with a straight man that we're like gagging for. Sure, <laughs> sure. Whereas if it were like actresses, it would well, be like, of we course, have. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also think to be fair, actresses, Everyone, like ev- anyone who is gay prefers actresses. Like I'm sure Rachel would also no. if you were, No, okay. You prefer actresses. I, I prefer straight men. To straight always. women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> always. Well, to me, that's the thing. It's like for me to appreciate a straight man, he has to somehow transcend that identity. Like that's what Brad Pitt is. Like Brad Pitt is a symbol, basically. Brad Pitt is not a, a human. Mm-hmm. Like- I'm not, if someone's like, you know, he's actually like a bad father. I'm like, that's not really the level I'm operating at. (laughs) Like, I don't think of him as like a corporeal person who has flaws. It's just like, he is a symbol that is necessary. And if we didn't have that, there'd probably be like more violence. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's also any like actor that I'm thinking about. It's more like, I want to have sex with them. It's not like, I think of like I'm addicted to their on-screen magnetism or like the the theories of them. Like in the way that yeah. Timmy, it does feel a little like it's more than that. But like when I'm like, what actors am I obsessed with? I'm like, well, he's hot. And it's like, well, that's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm I am trying to think like Yeah. I think I think for me, my dream is to be a cis man. And it's just never going to happen. And it's no problem. I have, mm-hmm. It has to be cis man. Yeah, well, that's where it becomes difficult. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sort of just, uh, you know, now I'm just floating around, basically, you know, sort of striving towards that. But I think that's why I'm obsessed with, like, sh- yeah, straight men. I'm just like, I want to be that. And so it's like always something to watch and strive for and sort of idealize, even though, face to face with them i often hate them yeah mm-hmm. well you know you are we are often uh attracted or not attracted to sexually but like we often want what is bad for us it's actually called mm-hmm. cool optimism i love that <laughs> i'm gonna get that tattooed on me <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you credit george on tattoo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm making my email too <laughs> yeah just do write my email address under the tattoo <laughs> um wow this it actually really is kind of like crazy sam to think like who are act like that i cannot think of a single male actor like that because then there are male actors that i i uh just think are so immensely talented like anthony hopkins (laughs) of course (laughs) (laughs) but i don't think anthony hopkins has a timothy energy and like jason alexander is my (laughs) timothy 
he keeps showing up on my Twitter feed. Really? More, Why? I think because all these like the moms in Seinfeld keep dying, yeah. and he's always uh, like, "I will miss her," and I'm like, "What a good guy!" Yeah, he's he he's active on Twitter, and yeah. also like Seinfeld, it's like you know, it's having a renaissance, it's being memefied. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm realizing though? I think like. I think a, a, some, a part of why we're struggling is just that like celebrity, because it's so easy for anyone to be a celebrity, then now it doesn't have the power that it once had. Mm. If, even Timothy can't be Brad Pitt. No, it's too, there's too many, it's too um, saturated. Yeah, it's too saturated. It's just like, yeah, it's tough. What do you, what do you think Timmy's going to be up to in like 10 years? Like you can't be a twink forever, right? Yeah, it pains me to think about it. If I'm being frank, yeah. I don't, I, I hope he never grows facial hair. <laughs> I hope he's getting laser treatment. <laughs> Here's a question. Who are twinks that had lasting power? I do think Leonardo DiCaprio is one. Yeah. He and I think twink. maybe like, a, you know, Hugh Grant. No, I guess he was never really twinky. Who's that guy who played a trans woman and then said sorry? Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, but it's like, but he kind of has fallen off a bit. Yeah. I mean, he's doing the Dumbledore movies, but scary. <laughs> like, there is something to the lifespan of a twink is shorter. It's a beautiful life, but yeah. What about Justin Bieber? Not a twink. Not mm-hmm. a twink, but sort of like weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, do think, I mean in music like that's also the harry styles approach it's like mm. the the way is to like get a bunch of tattoos and be like i'm weird now so don't yes. think of me as as a little boy anymore yeah i do think harry styles my own feelings about him aside harry styles for most of the population does have that effect like harry styles more so than timothy is like a godlike figure yeah. on par with brad pitt for his audience mm-hmm. my sibling is obsessed with really was obsessed with One Direction growing up and has was very involved on Tumblr in sort of the conversation around Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson being gay. Yes, of mm. course. Um, and so I've, I've heard a lot about that. And, you know, I think there's a huge audience of people who are invested in them being queer mm-hmm. and hiding yeah. it damn I, that uh, that makes me feel crazier than anything like or like more disconnected than anything is like the harry Styles stuff because i don't mm-hmm. i feel completely neutral towards him but it like i, I think so too yeah and, and i think he seems like a fine like i'm not like bothered by him he see, he yeah. actually seems very genuine i i but it's but i think that's just it's okay for it to be a generational thing like that's true what are you saying mm-hmm. are you saying i'm in the older generation I'm just George, saying, saying, like, you're you're washed up. George, what the hell are you saying? I'm 25. I'm 25. <laughs> oh. It's so funny when people make fun of Gen Z. Like, I, when people are like, Gen Z is prude. I'm like, no, you just, like, shouldn't be able to see what a 15-year-old is thinking. Like, mm. you shouldn't well, be able to have a window into that. This is, we need, this is what you're talking about. We need more localized systems. We literally need like an app just for Gen Z to hang out with each other. That is so true. Yes, localized systems are key. That's like how people, that's how communities are built. A 42-year-old should not be able to retweet a 15-year-old and say, this is stupid. And vice versa. Like, it's just like, no, 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 no. This is completely unnatural. Like, (laughs) The idea that anyone, any 42-year-old would do that and think they could ever come out on top, like even if they are doing some grand generational critique, like you are literally, like you are humiliating yourself to such a degree. And and to not realize that is crazy. I mean, it is the equivalent of literally like an uncle like yelling at the kids on the Thanksgiving table. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's where that that should be the only place where there's like uh, intergenerational dialogue is that family holidays. Yeah, 100 percent. And in, you know, and in multi-generational queer spaces, potentially chosen family, if you will. Sure. But uh, yeah, if you're straight and not related to someone, do not retweet them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, did we get to the bottom of Timmy? Any final words, Rachel? I think that I am the key to him unlocking whatever he's going to do next. 
Wow. I agree. She can transition into adulthood without your help. I really, he needs a hardened queer person at his side, pulling the levers. There's something about like, yeah, these celebrities that seem so untouchable, there are always is a crack. Even someone, do you remember? And and I, listen, I love Beyonce. I I, I would uh, commit murder in her honor tomorrow. However, there was Why a time. Not today? When, there was a time when it was like <laughs> illegal to say anything bad about her. Now mm-hmm. you can say something bad about her. That's true. It's never it never lasts as long as you think it's gonna last. The kind of untouchability. And for Timmy, mm-hmm. it might happen in six months, it might happen in a year, it might happen in three years, but it's gonna happen. He's gonna be in some flop of a movie, and then there's gonna be some article on Vulture that's like what we talk about when we talk about Timothy Chalamet and it's going to reach no conclusions, but then it will create a crack in the discourse. And then, you know, slowly yeah. people will start lips will start flapping. Yeah. And that's when I swoop in. <laughs> there needs to be a crack first though. He's not going to realize he needs you until that happens. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's okay. I'm sorry, but this is your origin, your villain origin story. Yeah. It's your job to create the crack. You have to create the crack. I kind of think the crack is going to be the Wonka movie he's making. Oh, I'm just saying. Oh. Wow, you're right. You're 100% you're right. right. It's just the, there's no way that ends up going well for him. That's honestly a very Eddie Redmayne move of him. Yeah. He's trying to yeah. retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, oh. I really look forward to seeing how that film turns out and to the aftermath of that film. And I speak for everyone I, when I say the world is watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope Wonka uh, defies all expectations. I think, I hope it's our next Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of Casablanca, but Casa Wonka? <laughs> okay. Ooh. Somebody got there. Um, Um, Should we do our final segment? Yeah, I think we can wrap that up. I think that's the cherry on top of the damn episode. I think think we retire the whole thing. Our final segment, Rachel, is called Shout Outs. And in it, we give a shout out to anything that we enjoy in an homage to the classic straight tradition. So Mm. imagine you're, you know, at TRL 2001 and you're in Times Square shouting out to your squad back home, which in your case, well, you grew up in Times Square. Yes. (laughs) You're kind um, of Francis Ha in that way. Or no, (laughs) Mistress America. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget. So with that being said, George, do you have one? I do. And in fact, it's kind of inspired by something you said. So I hope that you will forgive me for that. Well, we'll see. All right. Um, What's up, freaks and losers? I want to give a quick shout out to, that's right, the actor and comedian Steve Martin. I have recently been revisiting Steve Martin's, uh, I would say, mid-career work. I watched a film of his with Lily Tomlin called All of Me, where Lily Tomlin's consciousness takes over his body. And then I watched the absolute rock-hard classic... Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin and Michael Caine. Literally a perfect film. And I am just thinking, who are our generation's physical comedians? Who who is able to do that? We have we have the cerebral comedians, we have the kind of uh, political, provocative comedians, but who is able to really throw themselves on a pile of trash, other than, of course, Timothy Chalamet at 30 Rock, <laughs> as we learned. So I am officially calling for Hollywood to produce a good physical comedian in my generation or younger. And that is a challenge, that is a straighter lab challenge. Literally give anything to a, any opportunity to someone who is able to do physical comedy on par with Steve Martin. I'll be watching. Woo! Wow, a shout out and a challenge. I love that. Wow, that's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> um, okay, I have one. What's up, freaks, losers, and little perverts around the globe? I would like to give a huge shout out to wearing earbuds at the club. Last night, I went out and I've been going to $3 bill recently. And because people keep having things and being like, 
come. And I'm like trying to say yes to the dress. And I, but last time I went, my ears fucking hurt. And I was like, the music's too loud. It's actually not comfortable when you make the music too loud and you make this, this space unfun to be in. But then I thought, hey, what can you control in this situation? I got some damn earbuds and I thought maybe this will look stupid. Maybe I will feel stupid. Completely the opposite. I felt in control. I felt comfortable. I felt my ears were not blown out. And I felt like I could have a casual time without, you know, hurting my body in order to enjoy the stupidest music you could ever imagine. It was a beautiful night of, um, what's the word? Um, when you're being like responsible, not mediocrity, but like a beautiful <laughs> night of mediocrity. Well, it was a beautiful night of mediocrity and everyone can agree. Moderation. Moderation. That's it. Mm. Shout out to moderation. Shout out to earbuds. I love you. Woo. 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 Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's up freak? <laughs> What's up freaks and losers? Um, I, I want to give a shout out to banking. Mm. Um, this mm. has been something that I've kind of had to do. I've had to talk to an accountant and I've never felt stupider. And I really only asked to talk to the male bankers because I just trust them to tell me what to do. And I feel like they created the system. And so they know the most about it and nothing makes me feel smaller and I'll do pretty much anything they tell me to do. And I'm just really grateful for being able to kind of walk into a bank and ask them, you know, what do I do? What do I do? (laughs) What should I do? I'll do anything. Yeah. (laughs) No, they really have the key. They hold the key. I've had to work with an accountant for the first time and it's really the craziest. He tries to explain stuff and I'm like, what don't you get about this? I don't want to learn. No. Tell me what to do. Tell yes. me where to sign. Stop it. And you know, this, and, and can I just say something? I'm also working with accountants, three women. <gasps> and how's that going? Really well. Yeah, for now. Uh-huh. But the IRS is going to be barking down your door. I, and- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you know what, though? That's the, I hate to say it, but I'm like, <laughs> would an unethical mafia like man be able to get me like a better deal? Like, I know they're doing everything, yes. honestly, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My guy, like, always wants me to, like, cheat. And I'm like, can we just do it normal? And he's like, well, you could say you're in Delaware and that could save you. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I'm it's, okay. crazy that <laughs> it's crazy how much of the world is literally like the mafia. It's yes. like how when I when I tried to join a gym and realized literally it's run like the mafia, like <laughs> they have different prices based on how gullible they think you are. I was like, yeah, oh, no, like I, I'm not smart enough to step up to the plate here i hate negotiating more than anything in the world it's like just tell me the price i'll pay it yeah stop this game god damn it (sighs) well Well, wow rachel this has been the only good thing i've ever done in my life wow I, i have to say this is the first podcast of the rest of our lives that's right and i think it's we're off to a great start that what a rocks. welcome back for me after being in France and off social media for 10 days. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for doing the pod. I hope Timmy hears this. Yeah. And shout out to Timmy, but also mm-hmm. watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next chapter is coming and it will not be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, bye, bye. glamouristas. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>